Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the El Dorado Performing Arts Center. So for all of you that are here right now, the we eight. did have a raffle for who would actually show up at 10. All the A students who knew that we started five minutes early. Andy, I see you. Good for you, buddy. But, you know, your wife's here on stage, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Well, good morning. Good morning. We've got a couple announcements. I'm sure people will trickle in as they are right now. Uh, uh, welcome. If you haven't been to Vox, if it's your first time, uh, this is a place where we believe it's safe to belong, uh, safe to talk about anything. So if you have questions throughout the service, um, if you have questions about the message or whatever, uh, we'd love to get those questions from you. We try to do our best to answer them as uh, quickly as we can. Um, we have a queue. Uh, we took a break for the last couple of uh, weekends, but we got a queue of them. We'll answer some of those a little bit later. Uh, but please send those in. There's a number I think we have on the screen. Screen. You can text the number two. It should be up there. Um, if it's not right now, it will be in a little bit. Um, but we got some announcements for you. Uh, what's the first one is after service, we're doing yep. the Safe to Reclaim uh, prayer workshop. So if prayer as a spiritual practice is something that you're interested in and go, hey, I, I don't know anything about it or hey, I want to learn some more, uh, come. It'll be immediately following service at 1145. So we're going to end at 1115 to make sure we have time and space to shut everything down and head over there. So uh, I want to invite you to come to that if, if you uh, feel led to do that. Yep. Um, and let's see, do we got a slide for the Women in Leadership uh, Church and Culture Workshop? Uh, nope, that's uh, that's coming later. Yep, that's later. Uh-huh. Tight that, shit. That's Carrie's. There, there, there we go. go. So, yep. Uh, so next week, um, uh, right after service, same thing, 1145, um, a new workshop that we've started for the new year is our Church and Culture Workshop. So this is a place where we're just creating an open dialogue and forum uh, to attend where we can talk about um, a lot of the topics that you guys said that you would like to discuss. So the first uh, first one up is going to be Women in Leadership. Uh, we're actually having um, about uh, two or three of our female uh, community pastors um, involved in that conversation. I'll be there, but um, really they're driving kind of the dialogue and helping to share about their experience. Um, and it gives you guys a place to kind of further understand uh, why this is something that we validate and affirm um, in the church, um, but it it drastically extends beyond the church, too. It's something that in culture mm-hmm. that we're seeing has so many still inequalities and effects, and um, we want to work hard to be a place where people can realize what that equality actually looks like, and so this dialogue um, is going to dig deep into some of those matters Imagine as well. Imagine Christianity being for the marginalized. Good grief. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next one. Uh, okay. Uh, should be... Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So here's... Uh, yeah, so let's do this. Uh, here, drop that slide. Um, and go to the one with all three. Art. That's awesome, though. That's Good awesome, time. though. That's coming. We'll talk about that. Man, we are smooth this morning. Peanut butter. It's all on us. This isn't <laughs> the, this isn't art up there. He's he's doing his job. All right. So um so we mentioned those first two ones that are coming, and then the uh, the last one. Um, so we have a new um, evening gathering uh, that we've actually that we're starting this year. So the last Sunday of every month, um, we're gonna kind of do this for the first four months, and, and obviously see how it goes. But it's it's pretty much a year long plan that we're we're kicking into here. But the last Sunday of the month on January twenty seventh, we will not be in this room at ten a.m. So um, we hope that you don't show up. We'd rather you show up at Field Work, which is in downtown Fullerton um, at 5 p.m. And what we're doing is is that this is actually a family dinner gathering. And so we're going to just, it's all kids, all parents, all families. And it's free. And it's free. We're going to share a meal, um, enjoy each other together. And then immediately following that is our new Safe to Belong live podcast and community event. So we're going to be hosting artists and and doing that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. So um, 
Our I think slide? We got, yeah, I think we got questions. Okay, you want to just go to questions? Yep. Okay, let's go to the first question. We got a question that came in, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Okay, question number one. What should our political posture be in light, ooh, political, I like it. What should our political posture be in light of Romans 13? On one hand, it seems to indicate that God would have us to be loyally subject to whoever is in power, no matter the potential objections against them. But that logic would seem faulty in light of historical rulers such as Hitler. A very astute observation. Is this an instance of knowing the audience originally intended, or is this a universal and applicable to us today? So great question. So a back, backdrop story. So Romans 13 um, talks about being subject to the authority that's over you. Um, to What it sounds like is like whatever the authority says is God appointed, so you do whatever they do. That's honoring. That's what it, that's what it comes across as. Uh, the problem with that is that we've talked about this over and over again is context is always king, right? Whenever we're looking at scripture, context is always king because, and I've said this multiple times, the Bible was not written to us. Albeit it is for us, it is not written to us. There is a context historically that this is written in, in a time, in a place, in a people. So yes, um, when you hear people taking Romans 13, there was one political leader who took Romans 13 out of context recently in the last several months ago. Right. Uh, what that's called is called proof texting, uh, where you basically pull a text out of the context and you say, this is how it applies to us today. Uh, anybody who studies scripture will tell you that's really, really bad. That's a bad practice because you can manipulate things, and I've been a part of churches that have manipulated Romans 13 and said, I'm the pastor. This is the authority that God set up. So you listen to me. So when God tells me that I say this to you, what do you do with that? Uh, it's a very abusive and manipulative way and a practice that we want to make sure we stay far away from. So yes, this is a historical passage that is speaking more to the relationship between uh, the Gentile believers in the Judean synagogues. So if you start to look at some of the historical context, Paul um, was trying to get across to the Gentile believers. These are non-Jewish people who came to know Jesus. They, they started to get to a point where they wanted to walk away from the Jewish synagogue, to divorce from their roots, from their history, who they were, worshiping together, being in a, in a corporate setting. And what Paul was saying is, listen, the Judean synagogues that are still in place are a place for us to gather together for the unity of Christ, to connect all of us in our, in our roots. And so he was imploring them to pay the tax for the temple, not necessarily to Rome. Um, and when you look at some of the language that's used there that Paul is using, uh, some people confuse it and think that Paul is referencing the Roman Empire, and he's not. He's actually referencing the people who were in charge of the, uh, the Jewish synagogues at the time, the temples. And so the tax that he talks about is due is due to the tax and he's saying, hey, you're still a part of this. You're still a part of this movement. So don't try to get you know too big for your britches and walk away. Stay with us. Stay together. This is important for us. And he talks about being subject to the authority that's there, that God has appointed this temple to be a place where we gather and connect. Uh, so that's sort of the gist of what Paul's talking about. So we can go into more detail if you have questions. But yes, you can see how pulling that passage out of its context can be very abusive and harmful. So good question. Very astute observation. All right, question two. Okay, I love the idea of 2019, making our church feel smaller. That was one of our vision pieces that you guys heard. Uh, our end of the year meeting felt like that, and it was awesome. I'm sure Vox PM will accomplish the same goal. I'm wondering, from a Sunday morning venue standpoint, is there anything that we can do to make our church feel smaller? Large room plus small church feels super distant and empty. Is there uh, either a smaller venue we can use or even block off part of the seats? I'm sure you guys have talked about it, uh, but I have to say being with all these people in the classroom a few weeks ago, I just felt so connected. Uh, not sure what we can be done to create a similar experience, but service feels distant. So... 
first of all, thank you. Great observation. Again, um, we want to say this. Uh, we are so blessed um, by El Dorado High School um, and Gary, who's the tech director here at El Dorado High School and is also our tech director here at Vox. Uh, their graciousness, um, their, uh, their ability to work with us in this place has been, uh, guys, off the charts. I mean, if, if you get around church planters and they, they plant in high schools, the relationship that often happens there is horrific. And, and more times than not, it's always the church's fault because they abuse the system, they abuse the church, they abuse the school, um, and it's really sad. Uh, but, but Gary and the team here have done such an incredible job at hosting us. I mean, we've, some of the benefits that we get from being here, allowing us uh, to, to store stuff on campus, guys, that does not happen. High schools don't let churches store stuff on their campuses. We get that ability to do, to do that here. And so first and foremost, we are so grateful for this space that we have. Uh, this is where Vox started, and so this is what we have, and so we're working with that right now. So I want to make sure before we jump into answering the question, Andy's going to add to that, we're grateful for the relationship that we have with El Dorado High School and Gary and the tech team. So that's the first thing. Yeah, can we give them actually a round of applause? Yes. We don't actually say thank you yes. enough to um, to Matt, to Anthony, to Gary, to all you guys that help make it happen on, on yeah, that level. They're giving sure. up their Sunday to come here, which, yeah, yeah it's great. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the thing is, like, I don't, I don't disagree with this statement, you know, to be honest. Like, over two years um, with getting to know so many of you, how a lot of you have arrived at this big dialogue about what Vox is as a church. Uh, charistically, yeah, I mean, I would, um, and Mike and I shared this all the time. Like, we, we were like, yeah, we'd probably love to be in like a dingier, smaller kind of warehouse that just feels a bit gritty because that just seems in alignment with, I think, some of our personalities, a bit of our rebellion, a bit of, you know, all of that that kind of plays out. Um, yeah, it was, it, it felt so good just to be packed into that classroom. I mean, if you guys weren't there, the room was full front to back. Like, there wasn't, it was all standing room left over. Um, and it was a beautiful picture to be like, wow, look at it. Like, this is, this is, it was like 50 plus people or 90, it was 90 people. And we were, we're saying we're about 150 people at this church. So it meant that 60% of you came to that. So that's a very good picture of what the church actually looks like. So um, we don't, we don't disagree with this statement. Yeah, for sure. It's totally odd being on stage and there's no middle row here. Like when we talk about like room dynamics, like kind of even in, you know, uh, performance in that a middle row is really nice because it makes it easier for people to come in and out of the room. This is obviously weird, right? I mean, it's not just you weird. two. You guys not, are not yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cheers to Andy for, you know, <laughs> sitting second row like every single yeah. Sunday, bro. But it's, um, it, it is odd for us, but it's, it's fine. It's just this, like Ronnie said, this is what we have. And um, I think we're a little cheeky on the side of like any big mega church would kill to have this room. I mean, this is a $15 million performing arts center and we like use like 3% <laughs> of its capability. And so we're kind of like, yeah, that's us. Yeah, you know, right, like we right. just, we don't have fog and lights and all the other stuff that this room can pump and we don't really give a rip. So, um, can you say that? <laughs> here you can. Yeah, here we can. So, um, that being said, we have, we have been discussing that entire idea. We don't know what that looks like. We've, we've had a, a bit of a dialogue with our community pastors and just like, what, I don't know if, can we move? Like, is that even financially viable right now? Is that a good idea? What's the trade-offs? What's the pros? What's the con? But that is a dialogue that we're having and we would absolutely desire for this, for this room to feel great, but more so for the relationships you guys develop. Like we don't want the room to feel great because it's an awesome service. Like we, we just want it to feel like it's 
it's a place where you can experience God, you know, that it feels intimate and that it feels like, you know, there's a meaning for connection in that way. And then strategically, there are things to make it feel smaller, Vox PM being one of yes. them. So yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. So that is part of the big initiative to help the community feel more connected and feel smaller, much much beyond Sunday, um, is Vox PM. So you can throw up that slide for the Safe to Belong event. So um, the, you know, we wanted to also, uh, with the family dinner portion that's going to run from five to seven, the whole night is a five to nine experience. And so the second half of it is actually going to be a live podcast that Ronnie and I are hosting with the featured artists um, that we'll, we'll bring in. So uh, for this uh, month, uh, Matt Allen um, is an award-winning artist here. He's actually on our team at Vox as a volunteer. He did all the new design stuff for the new Vox logo that you guys see. Um, he's an incredible artist, so we're going to be featuring him. And then uh, a friend of mine from Long Beach, Ryan Longnecker. Uh, he's been involved in ministry for years, and um, his photography is absolutely unbelievable. If you want to throw up that other slide, just to kind of get a little snapshot. But anyhow, so these are um, just a few of the images of, of the kind of work that they do, but uh, we invite you guys to invite your friends or family. This is a public event, so we're going to be working to actually promote this in the general public as a way to um, that Vox can host a space that the public is easily accessible to come into. And so we're going to be really excited, I think, to do a live podcast and have this interesting dialogue about what Vox is, how do we engage with people in our community that discuss all these really kind of fun and interesting matters. And I've already started lining up um, the rest of the months with um, the other features that we have, and I think you guys will be pretty excited. It's a really cool. Yeah, and then to the other point, we did try to use stanchions to keep people from going there, and then church people they just jump over it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried. So, so anyway. anyhow, uh, yeah. So Carrie is here today, and uh, go ahead. Welcome we'll welcome her. her out, and we'll get the rest of the service yes. going. Carrie. Hey yo, check Feel out those it. docs. Uh, can right. I pray? Can I pray for you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Let's do it. Let's All right. go. Double yeah. pray. Double. All right. Double mail. Double prayer. blessing. <laughs> Double mail prayer. <laughs> it feels so annoying. Gary, you're killing us here. Women in leadership, and you're like. And I get a double and mail prayer. And you get two prayer. men to bless you. <laughs> so it's going to be so annoying today because we're two men are gathered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're new, come back again. <laughs> Try us again. Okay. Oh, oh God! Thank be you. Serious, yes, be serious. yes. Thank you, Lord, for uh, humor that we get to laugh <laughs> at ourselves. We don't take ourselves seriously. We take you seriously. Yes, God. Grateful for Carrie for her talents, her gifting, the message that she's about to deliver and give. Uh, we pray that you would uh, inspire and breathe life into yeah. those words. That you would um, reach into our hearts and our souls. That we'd be attentive to the things that you might tell us individually. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather together in a space like this. Help us to be more of the church outside of this place than mm. we are inside of it. Come on. I love you. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning. You want this place to feel a little smaller? All you got to do is just move up. Solve the problem right there. I'm just here to solve problems. As a speaker, it is so nice. Thank you, gold stars. I'm sure you really want me to call you out right now in church, but when it's a small church, I'm like, hi, what are you doing? Hi. It's a big church. You can kind of like, you know, hide a little bit, but yeah. I mean, as a speaker, it's so nice when someone sits up here because I can't see most of you back there very well, uh, but I can see you guys. Uh, so it's, it's helpful for me. Hey, happy new year. Haven't been here since the new year, so I can say that still, right? We're like still in January. Everyone's still writing 2018 on their checks. Doesn't even, nobody even writes checks anymore, but I did the other day for my kids' dance. So happy new year. This year, I, oh, I have an announcement. Uh, 
So something really awesome that I do, I don't know, some of you guys know and some of you don't know. So I run a nonprofit called Freedom Movement. We're a coaching and counseling center, but we also do a tour. We're on a nine month tour right now. Me and my friend Hosanna Poetry, who is an awesome spoken word artist. And um, we have one stop in California. We're all around the United States, but we have one stop in California. And it's actually this month, January 25th. Some of you are already going. Come on, whoop, whoop, yep, okay, two. Um, But I didn't want you to come and then other women in the church hear about it and be like, well, I wasn't invited and I'm not included and that would be sad. So this is your invitation to come. We have some flyers on the table in the back and you can check it out. Here, I just want you to hear the heart behind it. It is buy one ticket, you get one. And the get one ticket is for you to bring a friend that has been hurt by the church, is disillusioned, is broken, is going through a really hard time. This is the place for them. It is geared towards a place of safety. We kind of take down all the masks. Hosanna gets really real. I'm always really real, but I get like real, real. Um, And so we just want to encourage you to come and support this. It has been a journey to put this thing together, but I'm so excited to be partnering with Rock Harbor Church and having them open their doors um, to be able to to hold this place. And if you can't make it, would you please pray for it? Um, It's been, it's definitely been a labor of love for me. (laughs) It's been very challenging, Um, but I believe that God is in it and I believe in it. I'm very passionate about Um, letting people know that they've not gone too far for the love of God. Um, So we talk a lot about that. And if you're a guy in the room and you're like, this is a bummer, I wish I could come, I'm just going to be really honest with you that there's a sea of men that are always in the back because they don't care (laughs) that it's for women and they're like, we want freedom too. So they show up and there's usually anywhere from 20 to 50 men in the back. And I can guarantee you my husband is always there because he produces it. Um, So if you just really feel, I mean, I'm not saying this to any other church, but you're my church. Um, if you're like, hey, I want to go and I want to be a part of it and maybe you want to serve or help or help schlep some things or something, um, we would love to have you come too. So it is a women's event, but again, there's like 50 guys there. One year, there was a guy sitting in the second row. He was six foot five, African-American man with dreadlocks. Didn't care. He was like, I need freedom. And when I told everyone to stand up at the end, he was looking at the ladies next to him. Come on, come on, standing up. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's for women, but really it's just for freedom. So if you want to come to that, you can see me in the back or get a card. Okay. Happy New Year. So last year, 2018, hard year for me. It's kind of always a hard year for me, but because I'm just so like, nobody understands me or my music all the time. But last year was just like exceptionally hard, not because of what was God was doing on the outside or what I was building or doing. Those things were actually from the world's perspective, looking very big and very grand and very overwhelming. But on the inside, there was just some stuff. God was just really working in my heart and it was painful and it was hard. So I was very ready for 2019. It's so funny because it's like, okay, now that it's Thursday and now that it's Friday, 2019, all of a sudden something changes and we're new and we're like, it's going to be new. We're done now. We're done with that. We're on to the next. And he's like, well, it's just Friday. It's the same. Um, But I really kind of had this sense. And I've never been the girl that's really um, like, put your goals out there and kill it for the kingdom. I don't know. Like all that just feels really aggressive. Um, But I'm very like, this year was like, you know, I need to 
I need to be intentional about what you're wanting to do in my life. And so my husband and I sat down and we wrote out some goals and I really were like, man, I just, I want to be intentional about these things. And God has, you know, I was listening to T.D. Jakes the other day. And if you don't know who he is, sometimes you just need some T.D. Jakes in your life. And he was talking, you know, he gets real like up. And he was talking about like, God, God never made a chair. He never made a log cabin. He never made a table. He made a tree. And your gift to God is what you do with that tree. You're going to make a table. You're going to make a chair. And I was like, yes, T.D. Jakes. I want to make a table. I want to make a chair. I actually don't want to make anything with my hands because I'm not that person. But I was like, yeah, I want to do it. So I was like, you know, just really like committed. And I had to go to or got to go to another church and listen to a message. And this guy was talking about the presence of God. Being in the presence of God, are you pursuing the presence of God or are you pursuing building in the name of Jesus but forgetting about the presence of God? And I was like, ooh, don't talk like that. That's uncomfortable. He gave this message and as he was talking a lot about the Old Testament, all these questions, because I'm a questioner, started coming into my mind. Well, how, how do you get the presence of God when you know the presence of God is there? How do you seek the presence of God? And he was talking about Moses and how Moses was going to go in the promised land. And God said, look, I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to help you take over everything. I'm going to be land of milk and honey. But just so you know, right now, if you go now, I will still give it all to you, but my presence will not go with you. And Moses was like, well, then I don't want to go. I will wait because you are faithful and your promises will be good. I will wait until your presence goes with me because I don't want milk and honey. I don't want the promised land without you. And I was like, man, this is my heart. Like, I don't want to build for the sake of building. I don't want to grow something so that my platform can be bigger and everyone can walk by. Good job, Carrie. You've really killed it for the kingdom. I don't care. I don't want that. I want to grow and I want to build as the outpouring of the presence of God in my life so that these things grow out of my already full heart. And so I, I, I wrestled with these questions. I, I walked away from the service feeling convicted, which is good, but also wondering, how do I seek and be in the presence of God? In the Old Testament, you know, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit would come and go. God's presence would come and it would lay upon somebody. Very few people had it with them the whole night, their whole life. King David had the presence of God with him the whole, his whole life. But most people in the Old Testament was coming and going. It wasn't until Jesus Christ came to earth, he died for your sins, he was buried, he rose again, and his ascension, which is a very important part of this, when he goes to heaven, he said, now I will leave with you, helper, I will leave with you my spirit. So I wondered as I'm sitting there, wait a minute, if the presence of God comes and goes like in the Old Testament, but now we have a covenant with God where it will never leave us. It is always with us. The moment that we accept Christ as our Savior, it is with us and present with us. His presence is with us. How do we access the benefits of this? And I need you to just turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to John 14, 17. Just so we can fully understand, this is Jesus talking. This is him, him saying what will happen. He's kind of foreshadowing of what will happen in, verse, in, in, in John 14, 17. I'll actually read 16. That's not up there, but 17 is. I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another helper. Because see, Jesus is like, I'm going to go. You're not going to have me in your presence physically and tangibly, but don't worry. I'm asking the Father for you that he would send another helper, that he may be with you forever. If it's in your Bible, 
because I mark up my Bible underline forever. Most of you are on your app, so just make a line in your brain. All right. Verse 17, it says, that is the spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit that will reveal truth in your life. He will reveal the parts of you that need to grow and change so that you can access the full benefits of who he is. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it, not, it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. And the word abides or the word dwell is this Greek word that is meno and it means to abide with. So it's not just like he's near us. If you were here when I preached the last time when we talked about Emmanuel, God with us, like it was a balloon, like he just kind of like, you know, we're trying to fit him into our lives. But no, that he truly in the Greek, he abides with us. To dwell is to abide with us. Meno, it means he is part of us. He becomes part of our structure, our DNA makeup. He is completely with us us and dwelling us with his presence. So that's why God says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit that lives within you because he's with you. I always was so confused when I was living my rebel heart ways, when I was doing drugs and living my own life and whatever, and all my friends would just be fine. And I was so convicted. I felt terrible all the time. I'd go to bed and the lights were out. My friends would be like, another great party. And I'm like, I'm miserable. Some of it was just, I'm falling apart. But many of, much of it was, I was grieving the Holy Spirit that lived inside me. You see, I didn't go separately away from God. I took the Holy Spirit with me into those very dark places. But I wasn't accessing and fully understanding the benefits that God had for me and wanted for me this permanent indwelling that Christ has offered to you is there regardless of your rebel heart. It's present with you. It's by you. And the conviction that you feel is not condemnation that you're terrible or you're the worst person ever. It's conviction that says access the power that is within you because what is you're stepping in right now is causing pain. It's causing hurt. It's hurting the people around you. It's hurting you. And yet we want to grow things. We want to do things. So my list looks like I'm going to do all these things for Jesus. I'm going to kill it for the kingdom. And the reality is, as God is like, are you seeking my presence? Are you wanting to be in my presence? Is that the forefront of your heart and your mind going into 2019? I speak this to myself because most of you, I'm sure, are just perfect. I'm the only one. So how do we access the full benefits of God's presence that is in us? I used to be a trainer. I know that's shocking to most of you. It's still shocking to me. Because now I'm like, I don't want to walk. Can we just ballet? I'm lazy. But I used to be a trainer. And in fact, I trained for Miss Fitness USA. <laughs> and uh, I had really elite clients. Uh, one of my clients was the Prince of Saudi Arabia. 
I had, he had his own G6. It was pretty awesome. He flew my dad to Saudi Arabia. It's very cool. Uh, waxy, if you ever sit down and go to the bathroom and see the little B with the waxy and, you know, the seat covers and all that, that was my client. I had very, uh, uh, very influential clients. One of the gifts that one of my clients gave to me because he knew that I was training for this and he was all about me being, you know, Miss Fitness USA, he wanted to be able to say his trainer was Miss Fitness USA, um, gave me this very elite membership to a gym. And I was like, sweet, because I worked out about four hours a day to be able to train for this. And it was just, you know, you go from being an addict to another, you know, it's just like, and to, that's why I don't work out now. I don't need to. Jesus filled my heart. And I'm like, I don't need the gym because I'm good. <laughs> I'm whole and free, right? I should actually do some yoga or something. <laughs> I should stretch. Anyway, so he gives me this really nice membership. And every day I went in, I used it all the time. I went every day. I'd use the treadmill. I'd do the weights. It was great. It was nice. It was clean. I even used, they had these little like uh, lavender-y, rosemary, whatever, washcloths in the thing. And I was like, sweet. And I'd go there, I'd use it, and I'd leave. For an entire year, I used this membership. And I knew that they had things like they had acupuncture, they had massage, they had like really elaborate steam rooms, they had all of these options. And I literally never used them once. Now, when you train for four hours a day, it is very hard on your body. So I am eating very little and I'm training a ton. My body is achy and sore and it is hurting and I could have definitely used a massage or some acupuncture or steam. And I never took advantage of it. And one day I'd been going, you know, I go every day. One of the trainers that was there was like, hey, I never see you in all these other things that we have. And I'm like, I don't know. Do they cost, like, I'm just assuming they cost, like, I got in here because I knew somebody, like, I'm poor. Like, I, you think I'm rich. I'm not. And he was like, no, no, everything here is paid for under the membership. And I'm like, what? Is <laughs> it? Yeah, everything's covered. You can use as much acupuncture as you want. You can use as much massage as you... I could have been getting a massage every day, 365 days. I could have been getting a massage. I could have been getting acupuncture. I could have... They did this like facial... I mean, they did Reiki. They did all kinds of stuff. I'm like, no. But I could have done a lot of things. I had... No, all I... It was like I was at Fitness 19, where my husband goes, where it's $7.99 and it's treadmill and weights. I was like, I was going to the, like the low grade gym, but I had access to all this stuff. And I think that's kind of how we are with the presence of God. Like we're members, right? Like we said, okay, we love you, Jesus. We want you to, we get that you indwell us and you're with us. Okay, cool, cool. But we don't access the benefits that come from really being in the presence of God. We hear about it, but we think, no, that's for the elite. That's for the people that take access and really pay the extra dues. They tithe more than I do. So they get more of God's presence. Uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're a pastor, so you know what? They get the free acupuncture. And we don't realize that God is saying, no, the playing field is even. It is me that has saved you. It is me that indwells you. It is me that's leveled the playing field. Everyone has access to all these benefits. And we sit there and go, you mean I've been living this whole time without accessing the power of God? And my, my thing is, yes, you have. Maybe some of you. Maybe some of you are like, no, yeah, I get it. I get acupuncture every day. Great. So how do we do this? 
How do we access the benefits that God has for us in his presence? Is his presence doesn't leave like the covenant says, and it indwells in our life. It is here, it is steadfast, it is constant, and it is our rebel heart that goes away. Then how do we fully access not just the knowledge of who God is, but the benefits of his presence in our life? In James, I'm gonna tell you. James, this was the thing that I had kind of, I love the message that I heard that Sunday, but I want to know how. How do you do it? Everybody talks about the presence of God. Well, how do I, how do I get there? In James chapter 4, James is writing and he's talking to, to actually many tribes. And it's not going to be on your screen yet. You guys are doing a great job though. Just verse one says, what is the source and quarrels and conflicts among you? And if you dive into the scripture a little bit more, it's not just among you, like between each other. It's actually talking about an internal conflict among themselves. And he goes on to say, here's what's going on. He says that you're being adulterous towards God, that you're loving the world and not God, that you are making yourself an enemy of God. And he goes on to say all these things that are kind of heavy and harsh. And I, you know, you lust and you don't have, so you commit murder. You're envious and you can't obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You don't have because you don't ask because you ask with wrong motives and you're reading this going, oh, this feels yucky. I'm going, well, I'm not an adulteress. And actually, the, this, the, the fact of that word is not just adulterous in the act of sex. It's adulterous towards our rebel heart against God. So I'm reading this, and I kind of look at all these things, and I go, man, I've been here. I've had friendship towards the world, which makes me hostile towards God. We don't mean to be, but we look at God and we go, God, I love you. I want your presence. I also want to build my platform or I want to build my company. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But if it's coming from a place of prestige and influence and platform over presence, we got a problem. And it's not that we have a problem that God's condemnation is going to push us away. It's that it's not going to feed the very need of what we want, the very desire of what we want, and we will not access the benefits that are fully there, freely for you to take. He goes on to say in verse 5, do you not think that this scripture speaks to no purpose? James is saying, don't you think that we've written all of this so that there, you would have understanding and purpose about what's accessible and right in front of you? And he goes on to say that he jealously desires the spirit which has been made to dwell in you. Remember, meno, to abide. He's jealously wanting the spirit that lives inside of you. So when someone is jealous, he's going to do all the means he can to get your attention and pull you back and this is how God is. It's a jealous God. He wants the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. He wants to be close to you and intimate with you. And goes on to say, therefore it says that God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We've heard that verse so many times, yet we don't love if we really sit down and think about, and maybe this is just me as I sat down and look at my goals for 2019. Is it wrong to have goals? Absolutely not. God wants you to build. He wants you to make. He wants you to, to enjoy. He wants you to use your brain and your hands and your gifts. It's what he's made you to do. But if you're doing it for some sort of prestige or, 
or some sort of influence or platform or to say, look at what I've done. And just as a side note, and I think some churches even sit in this where we go, wow, you've been very successful for the kingdom of God. And they're going, thank you, I have. That, that sometimes we've missed the mark maybe. That we've missed the mark of wanting to pursue the presence of God. Whatever the outflow of that is, is in God's hands. Do we work hard? Yes. Do we build? Yes. But it is a perspective of are we building in our own pride or are we building in our own humble heart? The outpouring of what God has done for us. So he goes on to say, there's some steps here. There's some steps of what God says in verse 7. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You need to understand, he says, I will give a greater grace And grace, I think often we think of mercy and grace as the same thing. Mercy is the thing that God goes, hey, you probably shouldn't even be allowed to breathe, but I love you, so I'm going to let you. That's mercy. Mercy says, even though you were still sinners, I died for you. That's mercy. Grace, we lump into mercy, and grace is separate. Grace is God's power to overcome the things that on your own you cannot overcome. That's why he says when I, that I, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He says, I give a greater grace so that you can submit to God and allow yourself to resist the devil so that he will flee from you. And I think we look at this and we go, God's greater grace is the power to overcome the enemy in our life Grace allows us to be able to surrender, and when we surrender, coupled with God's powerful grace, we can then resist. We cannot surrender and not access God's power and grace. We cannot access God's power and grace without surrender. They go hand in hand, and the two equal the ability to resist the enemy in your life. Does that happen one and done? No. I mean, I don't know. I mean, please let me know if you've figured that out because the enemy is persistent. But the more that we are surrendered, submitted to God, this is his power, the ability for his power to come into his life. Grace is God's power in your life to overcome the enemy that is pursuing you. So resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse eight, draw near to God and he will, he will draw near to you. This is his promise. You see, the outcome of our surrendered heart and the power of God's grace is not only to resist the enemy, but it allows intimacy with God. So you want to know, what do I do? How do I start accessing the power of God? And it's a hard word because us Americans don't love this word, but it is to surrender. It is to surrender our desires and our wills and all of our, our pretenses of what we think we're supposed to do and we surrender that before the Lord. We submit it before the Lord. God's grace comes in in an overwhelming way, gives us the authority over the enemy, gives us intimacy with God. These are the benefits. And it goes on to say, to cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And we read that, we go, man, it's so harsh. You're so mean, kind of, James. And yet God is letting you know, look, there's nobody in this room that hasn't sinned. 
There's nobody in this room that doesn't continue to sin. It is something that we are at war with in our flesh. So God is saying, look, you want to be close to me? You got to get honest with me. You got to cleanse your hands from some of those things that you're doing. And sometimes they're big things and you know you need to drop it like a bad habit and walk away. And some of those sins are the the small things in our heart, right? That I want to build in the name of Jesus. I want to do in the name of Jesus. I want to be in the name of Jesus. I want to kill it for the kingdom in the name of Jesus. And God is going, hey, even that, the pride is starting to wrestle up in you. And again, not in condemnation do I tell you this. I just want to be close to you. And when I was first, you were at peace. But when this became your idol and I came into second place, striving became part of your narrative. So we want presence. We want presence. Without presence, there is no peace. So God says to cleanse your hands, you sinners. This is definitely a behavior that he's saying. But when he says purify your hearts, you double-minded, this is an attitude. This is, I can't be of the world and of God. I just can't. It's that conflict with each other. So we want presence. We have to let it go. And you sit here. Maybe you sit here because I've done this too. Like, will I ever be free from this? And God goes, you know, when we're together. But the more that you are committed to submitting and surrendering and allowing God's powerful grace overflow your heart, this cleansing, this purifying becomes a little easier because let me tell you, the more you're filled with this presence, the more you don't want that stuff. The more you don't want to be consumed by the yuck and the pride and the addiction and the hurt. You don't want it. So you continually pray, God, take it. I need your grace. I'm not powerful enough to fight this, but I need your grace. And he says, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. And then he goes on to say, be miserable and mourn and weep. Verse nine, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. We're like, this mourning is really depressing. But the reality is, is that for me, when I allowed myself to be devastated by the sin that I was sitting in, it helped me to see I never want to go there again. I don't want to be a part of that again. I don't want to sit in that again. So God's not saying take your joy away forever. And he's not even saying take your joy away. He's saying being devastated by the thing that keeps you from my presence. Because when you're devastated by it, you'll, you'll never want to go there again. You'll want the sweet fruit of my presence. You won't want what is offered of this world that is vapor and harmful. So when he says to be mournful and weep, I remember at some of my darkest moments of turning back to the Lord of like, man, I don't have the power to stop this. I don't even know. This train is on its own. And I surrendered to God and he came in. I wept. I I wept for what I did. I wept for how it hurt me. I wept for the choices that I've made. I wept because some of the choices that were made for me, I was devastated by the sin that I did, but I wasn't devastated forever. It was in that moment of devastation, of humility, of humbleness before the God, not because I'm so great, because I got nothing left, 
But when that happened, it's like God's grace goes, now I can come in. My presence can fill you. And he starts to heal in ways I never thought possible. This is the power of God's presence. This is the benefits of walking with him. But you cannot have the benefits without the surrender. You can write goals all day long. And you know what? There are some people doing some awesome things in this world. Big things. And by the world standards, I mean, really, you're going, man, they must really know Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if they're in the presence of God. Do you want to build and not have the access to his presence? Or do you want his presence and the outflowing of that be whatever God has it be? I don't want milk and honey without you there. I don't want milk and honey without you there. It ends with this in this chapter, and it says, verse 10, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Exalt means to lift high, lift above. It's not above others, but above your circumstance, above what this world has to offer. You go to a new level, a place of although I am humble, I am lifted high because of him. And I just think, when we draw close to God, when we seek his presence, we get power and intimacy with the creator of the universe. My goals for 2019 took a pretty quick shift. I'm gonna still build. I'm gonna still go. People need to hear the good news. I'm going to still sit with people that God calls me to sit with. I'm still going to create because it brings me joy. And it is my gift back to God for what he's done for me. But something shifted in my heart this past couple weeks of just sitting and going, man, when was the last time that I longed for your presence? I wanted to be close to you. It's private. It's special. It's not even something I share with my husband. It's personal. That's where I close the door and I sing out really loud and I have to close the door because most people will be very offended by that sound. I get on my knees before the Lord and this week even has been a lot of just tears, not in condemnation or feeling like he was angry with me, but it really came from this desire of like, I miss you. I want more of you. I want to do all these things in your name, but surely I don't want to do it in your name if you're not with me, if I'm not filled up with you. And although he's close and he's with us, we get it. He has a covenant with us. He abides with it. But, but I want to access the closeness, the benefits of who he is because I want your grace to overflow the darkest areas of my life. I want to be intimate with you, God. And honestly, I want to be exalted. I want to be raised up above my circumstance. I want to be raised up above the things that are hard and, and taking me out. I want to be raised up above that. And although I might be walking in it, when I'm with your presence, I have the peace to overcome it. I have the power because of your grace to walk through it. 
As I watch as my mom and my dad over this past year suffered, my mom had a brain tumor, my dad had bladder cancer, and my dad was pushed out of his job position. I looked at this last year as my parents thinking, this is gonna be it, gonna take them out. And my mom faithfully with joy in her heart, yet tears in her eyes as she cried out to God. No one, nothing was robbing her joy. Why? Because she understood the benefits that come in the presence of God. This is where she sat. This is where she was. She's not the smartest theologian, by the way, in the room. She just wrote a post about it. This simple girl. I don't know how to read the Bible like my husband's got a doctorate in theology, but this simple girl, every time I crack open this word, speaks to me, not because I understand every single nuance and Greek and Hebrew and theology, but I crack it open because I want to be in your presence and God's powerful grace overcomes that which I don't know, that which I can't control, that which is breaking my heart. It overcomes that and gives me peace and power to be sustained through so no one can take her joy. This is what's being offered. She wept. She mourned over what was, being ha- what was happening in her home. And let me tell you, 2018, not a good year for the Garcias and Scott House. Tough year. Yet God's presence does something supernatural that your flesh could never do that your flesh with all of its striving and putting together and fixing and growing and building and making tables and chairs and log cabins, all of it's awesome, but without the presence of God, it will still leave you empty. And I think there's some people in here today that are like, yeah, I'm empty. I come to church, I check a box, don't come. If this is checking a box, don't come. It's not, I mean, you could do more, I mean, I don't know, go to brunch. There's things you could do on a Sunday morning. If you're coming here to check a box because you think it's just like something you should do, don't come. Come because you want to be in his presence. Come because you're hungry for his presence. Come not because his presence is just in this room, but because the gathering together does something to our hearts. That church, just like Ronnie prayed, wouldn't be a Sunday experience. It would be the outflow of what we're already doing in the week. And if this is touching places of your heart that are difficult, it's okay. It's okay that this is a hard message. It's okay that God is asking you to want to repent or turn or let go of something. It's okay. Because his goodness and his grace will give you the power to let you know you don't got to stay here. I have more for you. Don't be a member of a gym have all the access to all the things, just show up on Sunday morning and check a box. Cares? This is the presence of God in your life. The goal of our lives should be to be intimate with God, not to gain influence or prestige or platform. Often those will be the outcome of the outpouring of our hearts God raises up incredible leaders, blesses people with loads of money. That's wonderful. We're thankful for them. That's not me. This is what he does. But if you are missing, sister and brother, in this room, that anything outside of his presence 
is going to somehow fill you or purpose you or bring healing to you, you're going to feel very empty. So I sit with you, I stand with you today. I am on this very large platform, very done up place. But really I sit with you just in the seats as I share this message because I needed it. Because I needed to hear as much as I'm doing in the name of Jesus which I think he's very proud of, and I think he loves me, even when I'm doing it in my own name. But I think he's calling me to a deeper place, to a place that's accessing benefits far beyond what I could ever manufacture. And I think he's doing that for you today, too. Your thing might not be big, it might not be this outwardly rebellious heart. Maybe it is. You're welcome here. Maybe it's just the little places in our heart that feel like, I, I don't want to talk to him. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. And I'm going to show you what it looks like. It looks like this. You get down on your knees, and you just get honest with God. And you just tell him, like, I'm really hurting. This is really hard. But I want your presence. Would your grace overfill my heart so that I can have the power to resist what is calling me away from you? Because God says, when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But it doesn't happen when we elevate ourselves. It happens when we surrender our broken hearts. That's when he exalts you. So we're going to do just a little, I think when you guys came in, you got like a little piece of paper. Is that true? Okay, you're going to get little papers right now. And they're going to be passed out. And... As you get that piece of paper, we're just going to spend, the band's going to come out, and we're just going to spend a moment um, to be able to have just a time of reflection. Again, remember when I told you that don't check a box and don't come to church? I mean, I do want you to come to church. <laughs> but this place and this space was created so that, yes, you could talk about anything, but also so that you could have the space to hear God talk to you about anything. And often we do not create this space for ourselves because we're busy building, we're busy doing, we're busy checking boxes. And I believe that this morning, as I've met with the team this week, that our heart for you was that you would get to have a little bit of space this morning, that you would just to get to have a moment where you could just hear from God. Is there something that God is saying, it is time to let that go? And you are saying, I do not know how to let it go. And he's going, access my grace, which gives you the power. Grace is his power to be able to come in. And you can pray, I need more grace. I need more power in this area. I, don't, I can't do it. You're no match, by the way. You're no match for the addictions you sit in. You're no match for the lust you struggle with. You're no match for the stuff that's going on that's tearing you apart from God. You're no match for it. You can do it for a little bit, 
We can behavior modify for a little bit, but at the end of the day, we want true transformation. And true transformation is not going to come through the hands of you. It's going to come through the grace of God. So if you need more grace today, power today, pray for it. If there's something that God is saying, hey, it's time to let that go, I'm going to encourage you to just write that on a piece of paper and you can leave it at these altars right here. Just stick it in there. As a, as a token, as a moment, it's 2019. I don't know what your 2000s look like, but if you're anything like me, it's been a little rocky. Go, you know, this year, I'm not going to be so focused on what I'm building and how, what I'm doing. I'm going to focus on the presence of God. What would it look like if I started pursuing the presence of God? Pursuing the benefits that he had for me. Not worrying about how he's going to take care of everything. Not worry about how he's going to feel, how I'm going to pay my bills, how I'm going to do all the. Just pursue his presence and let him lead. By submitting to his will. And submission, friends, is hard, I know. Because he asks you to give up some things that you love right now. He asks you to sit with some words that feel embarrassing. And yet he's going, I'm not doing this because I need your behavior modification. I'm doing this because I want your transformation. I want to heal your heart. So I'm going to ask that we would just spend about a minute or so as the band plays. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to have it just kind of be quiet. And just listen. What is it that God's speaking to you? I have no idea. But he says, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. So whether it's a word or a phrase or an attitude or a behavior, maybe it's even just a color. I don't know. I'm going to share something with you. You can write it down. If you need to leave it here and let it go, leave it here. Maybe you need to keep it with you as a reminder. Maybe you're just walking in his presence and he just wants to say sweet words to you like, hey, I love your obedient heart. I love your surrendered heart. If you would just close your eyes with me. God, I just pray for your presence to to be full in this place. We know you're here. We know that you indwell us, that you are meno, you are abiding with us in this place. As our hearts link together and your spirit is in this place, would you speak, Lord? Would you just speak to our hearts? I can feel the tension of some of the people in the room going, what does that even sound like? Am I going to hear his voice? Whatever just lays heavy on your heart, whatever kind of comes to the surface. As I'm speaking, whatever kind of resonates or comes to the top, write that down. Maybe it's a few things. Maybe it's one. Maybe it's just a word. But God, would you speak? Would you not let this just be a place that we check a box, but where we really meet you in the fullness of your presence as we just have some time with you? not to have a moment of any kind of coercion, but to really just sit in the presence of you, God. We ask that you would continue to minister. Would you heal broken hearts? Would you give us new vision? Would you purpose in us, God, the things that are you? When we ask for the things, may we ask because it is already you that implanted these desires in our heart. Would you help our rebel hearts, God? to surrender back to you. So we have a time of worship, God, and we go into communion, Lord. I just pray that you would be glorified in this place, that your presence would be manifested 
physically, Lord, in this place. I don't want to serve a God that is distant and far. I don't want to serve a God where I access 3% of what you have for me. I want you in your fullness, God. And I pray for that for my brothers and sisters in this place, that we would not effectively hear from you and keep it here, but that when you come in and heal in our hearts, when you come in and your presence is manifested in our life, God, that we would outflow to the world around us the sweetness and the goodness of who you are that no matter how far our rebel hearts have gone your presence is there often calling us back to you letting us know you haven't gone too far but brother or sister you are in pain so come under my wing abide in my presence let me fill your heart the answers will come but my presence is where the healing will begin so god i pray i pray for my brothers and sisters in this room who came this morning who want and need more of your presence, who maybe didn't even understand how much access they had, that it wasn't for the elite, that it was for the everyday person that claims Jesus as their savior, that says, this is who I want. And if that's you today, maybe you came in this room and you had no idea about any of this, but you know, I need more. I need something more in my life. And I, I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. All you have to do is say, I believe. I want you to come into my life. I want you to fulfill me. I want all the benefits that you have to offer. I'm so tired of doing it on my own. I believe that you are the son of God, that you have come to save me. When you say these words, Jesus, you invite him into your heart and the rest is up to him. You just keep surrendering and submitting to the Holy Spirit that is prompting inside you to have you walk in benefits and newness of life. And if that's you, all you have to do is say, I believe. Come, Lord, come into this space. As we come to a time of communion, God, where we remember your death and your burial and your resurrection and the powerful moment of your ascension when you send your Holy Spirit to fall upon us, I pray in this moment, God, as we take of these elements, not only would we remember what you've done, but we understand that because of these elements, because of what you did on that cross, we have full access to the benefits and the presence of God. That's what we get as children of the Most High King, of children as the Most High God, righteous because of you. We have access to all the heavens. So may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. So I pray, God, as we fill out those forms, fill out those pieces of paper, maybe we need to leave them at the altar as an act of saying, I'm done. I'm letting this go and putting it in your hands. Maybe we need to hold on to say, I need to be reminded. But whatever it is, God, all of us in unity need more of your presence. And you love when we ask for more. Don't stop asking. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop surrendering. It is not in the striving, but in the surrender that God's presence will be made full and his power will help you resist and draw near. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for this gift. 
as we sing in worship before you. We don't sing because we have to. We sing because we get to. So may we access more of your presence through our worship of our great and mighty King. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. I went a little long today. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, I just was talking a lot. So we want to be able to send you guys out here because it's so dark out there. It's very vibey. We want to be able to send you out and get you to um, the prayer workshop that's going to be going on with uh, Pastor Ronnie, and that is at 1145, so we would love to see you there. Um, If you call Vox Church your home and you love what we're doing here, we would love for you to not only participate by coming, um, but also participate financially. Uh, Really helps us out to be able to continue doing things like workshops and the PM uh, dinners and uh, the services and things like that. So if this is your home church, we would love for you to give. If you need prayer, you just need to talk to somebody. I think it's Carol and Bruce over there, right? Yeah, they're over there in the corner sheepishly waving, but they are not sheepish, let me tell you. Um, They would love to pray for you. They'd love to talk to you. Would you stand with me so I can pray for you and get you guys out of here? Thank you, guys. Good, Good morning, right? Come on. Here we go. Good morning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. We thank you that your presence isn't this small, little, tiny thing that we can put inside our pocket, but it envelops and indwells us completely, meno, to abide with us. Thank you for abiding with us even when our rebel hearts walk away. We thank you, God, for this place and this space, not to check a box, but to truly come together as the body of Christ and hear you and feel you in your fullness. May we leave here today full. May this week be the outpouring in our lives of your presence, but maybe this week is just us shutting a door, getting on our knees, submitting and surrendering and allowing your powerful grace to help us. Just we seek you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxcommunity. Participate in the Vox community at voxoc.com slash participate.